This is Perspectives, the show where an examination of our many differences often shows us how much we really have in common. I'm Condice Presley. Now, when we're not reading or listening to the radio, as you are right now, many of us like to relax, at least I do, by escaping into the drama of someone else's trouble by watching TV. And during the month of February, there is no shortage of great content to watch. One of the best shows on TV that you should be watching is American Crime. When shocking photos of a high school student show up on social media after a party, the boy accuses two basketball players from the elite private school of posting the pictures after drugging and assaulting him. He and his mother stand as the school's wealthy families attack them while the school's headmistress works to maintain the association's reputation. Now, at the same time, this young man's girlfriend is facing issues of racial tension at her own school. And while the two institutions are widely different in status, the lives of the students and the teachers all get mixed up together. So now we talk to the man who created all of this. The creator of American Crime is Academy Award winner, John Ridley. Oh, this season, uh, you're going to see a lot of familiar faces. Regina King is going to be back, uh, Tim Hutton, Lily Taylor, Felicity Huffman. Uh, but it will be different circumstances. Last year it was set in um, Northern California uh, in the uh, in Modesto area. This year it's set in Indianapolis, Indiana. It's very much about uh, class. It's very much about uh, orientation. Uh, it's very much about family. Uh, it really is, hopefully, uh, a, a second season where, uh, even though we present a crime, it's more about individuals having to deal with the cascade effect, uh, looking at themselves, looking at their families, uh, and trying to figure out the best way to navigate circumstances that are, while they're trying, uh, if they can come through it as family units, if they can come through it as units of community, uh, they can come through these circumstances uh, even more strong uh, than they were before it started. Tell me about your motivation for presenting the story that you're attacking here in the second season of this award-winning drama. Uh, when we looked at our second season, to a degree, we wanted to do some backwards engineering. As I said, we wanted to look at some things that we didn't, or issues or perspectives that we did not offer up in our first season, uh, issues of class, uh, issues of uh, sexual orientation, uh, looking at young people, looking at the spaces that we create for them. Uh, we try as adults to create the best spaces and influence young people in positive ways. Uh, but there comes a time when they are their own people and they go their own way. And what is it like for us as adults having to deal with that? Uh, but at the same time, we wanted an inciting incident. Uh, that was one that would give people pause in the sense that they would have to really think about these are things that are happening in our society now and how are we as a society dealing with them. And the crime that we're dealing with, um, you know, last year we talked about murder, and it's a, a terrible crime, but uh, hopefully it's one that most people will never have to face in their lives. Uh, this year we're dealing with sexual assault, and the numbers, uh, how often it happens, the people that it happens to, the difficulty uh, for those who've been victimized to find recourse in the criminal justice system, they're absolutely staggering. And when you add into that uh, male peer-to-peer -peer sexual assault, uh, in the school systems, um, it, it, it is a set of circumstances that we are unfortunately not very well equipped to deal with, uh, but one that happens far too often. And it is certainly uh, a circumstance that we wanted to try to bring an emotional honesty to in terms of dealing with in our program. Are you at all surprised 
that the subject matter that you're tackling in the show is having such resonance in the community and, and amongst your viewers? Because as you said, it's it's stories that aren't ordinarily told in this type of fashion, but you're essentially giving voice to the voiceless. I, 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 there are moments, honestly, I mean, uh, last year we had Regina King playing a, a Muslim American individual. Um, that's not a, a kind of character that you see often on television, and very unfortunately in the environment that we're living in right now, it's a, a, a character or a type of individual, a, a type of person that is um, just flatly demonized. Uh, to have an audience be able to respond to this individual, to see themselves in her and to have her performance rewarded uh, with an, an Emmy Award, uh, it tells me that there are far more people out there who have capacities for empathy uh, than there are to uh, then there are individuals who simply demonize and hate. Uh, but unfortunately, the people who have capacities for empathy, oftentimes their voices are drowned out. Um, there are the, uh, the smaller voices that bark a lot louder. Uh, but I'm not surprised that there are audiences out there that are intelligent, that they're thoughtful, uh, whether it's our program, whether it's any number of shows out there right now. Uh, it's, it's a great age for storytelling. And the audiences, I believe, have always been there. I think that we as storytellers, are finally catching up to the appetites of audiences that are bright, that are thoughtful, that are open and willing to be challenged in terms of uh, the content that they're viewing. Were you at all surprised, John, by the success that American Crime achieved last year? I mean, in your heart, in your gut, you know that you're telling a really good story, but then to, to get the program greenlit, to get it on the air, and then to have the audience respond, that has to be quite rewarding. Feels good, not only for myself personally. Look, I've been so blessed over the last few years. There, there are very few things that I uh, more that I could ask for that I could want personally or professionally. But when you have people take a chance on you, and, and there were a lot of people who took a chance on me at, at ABC, at ABC Studios, uh, the performers, the crew, almost everybody involved took a chance not only on myself but on this kind of storytelling. Uh, absolutely, you, you feel so good that uh, people paid attention. Uh, people were excited about the show on a weekly basis, uh, that people's hard work was rewarded with a certain amount of recognition, uh, and that an audience was uh, interested in, in seeing what other stories that we would, uh, that we would want to tell. It feels really good. Look, I take none of this for granted. Um, you can work hard, you can present your best work, and an audience has every right in the world to say, well, you know, it's interesting, but it's not for me. Uh, so when you present something, an audience says it, it's challenging, it's difficult, uh, it's mature, but we want to see what you're going to do with it. Absolutely, it does feel very, very good. As you noted and many critics have stated, we are in what seems to be a new golden age of television where there really is just so much amazing content out there for viewers to choose from. To what can we attribute that? For me personally, I think a part of it is that um, one of the reasons we have so much interesting con is content that's out there is that we have far more interesting people who are providing that content. I mean, uh, if you just look at ABC, you look at what Shonda is doing. I mean, here's an individual who is, uh, clearly has an opinion uh, and has a story to tell, stories to tell, and tells them in a very thoughtful and provocative way. If you look at Blackish, if you look at Quantico, if you look at Fresh Off the Boat, and you're seeing stories that are being told by individuals who are not telling traditional stories, but at the same time, there are stories that have impact in the most traditional ways. Um, there's no reason that audiences uh, of different races uh, that are uh, uh, stories that are told by or for 
uh, particular genders or orientations. Uh, the audiences are out there, and uh, historically um, shows that we're reflective, are reflective. Uh, we're not given an opportunity, but uh, we're seeing more of that. I would still like to see yet more. I, I don't think we're there yet. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you're seeing far more reflective content than you did even five years ago. You look at shows like Transparent, um, and people think, you know, wow, you know, the show has come out of nowhere. No, the individual is telling that story. That was her life story. Now, that, that is something that she went through, and that is something that um, uh, has been part of her fabric. So for Jill Soloway to have an opportunity to tell that story, to see people respond to it, I'm not surprised by it. Uh, I'm, I'm happy for it. I'd love to see more and more storytellers, but I do believe that's one of the drivers and why uh, content is so potent these days. And congratulations to you on your success here. What do you want viewers to take away in this season of American Crime? Uh, more than anything, I, I, I want to try to avoid preaching to audiences. I want them to observe. Uh, I want them to really to watch, to listen, uh, to hopefully see in people who do not look like them or necessarily on the surface think like them, uh, may still be reflective of some of their values. Uh, I, I want to present characters that are not normally presented, uh, views and perspectives that are not normally presented. But it's not my desire to proselytize. It's just to be observant uh, and for people to, if nothing else, uh, say, uh, if these things are really happening, you know, what is my take? What would I do? How would I react in all of that? You know, entertainment at best is, a, is an apparatus for delivering empathy. And if we can uh, elicit an empathetic response in our audience, then I think we've done our jobs. American Crime airs Wednesday nights at 10 on Channel 2. Just like acclaimed creator-writer Shonda Rhimes, we've said yes to TGIT every Thursday night on Channel 2 and DVR other great content like something else I enjoy, The Blacklist on NBC. If you find this woman, if you get it done fast... Your tawdry liaisons at the Notel Motel will be a thing of the past, as I will personally introduce you to two young ladies you will never forget. Soft, warm, blonde, and willing. You lied to me. We had a deal. Two ladies for you, one address for me. Ladies, the kind that walk on two legs, preferably hairless. I want the address. You think it's funny, little dog? They're homeless. Yeah, you know what? Forget it. Just forget it. I'll take them back. I love them. Taking an early lunch so we can hit the dog park. These little marshmallows are going to get my weenie roasted. Liz? Liz, it's me. Tom, where are you? Listen, it's all good. I figured out another way to make some cash. Boys, we're here. Tell the ball and chain you'll call her back. What's going on? All you need to know right now is that everything is going to be fine, all right? We are free. From what? Reddington, all of it. Tom, what have you done? I got a good feeling. One last chance. Zurich. You know I can. Thanks, boys. father. 
when the Soviet Union was collapsing, he took you from her. She gave up everything to follow him, to follow you. The night of the fire, that's what they were arguing about. Your mother, she wanted them to be a family. As much as it pains me to say it, he was probably the only man she ever really loved. And I shot him. It was an accident. Your mother was never the same after that. The man she loved, killed by the child she adored. It was just too much. Two months later, she went to Cape May, left her clothes on the beach, walked into the ocean, and was never seen again. Now joining us is Amir Arison. He plays Aram, a huge fan favorite who seems to be stepping away more and more from that computer at the task force. Aram, I can't, I can't breathe. Losing oxygen in there? I'm sorry, we don't have the door code. That would be a tragedy. You got Liz. Come on, you have to. Come on, a little longer. Can't seem to figure out what's wrong with this air system. Liz. Liz. Liz, wake up. Liz! Navabi. The passcode? It is Navabi. It's Navabi. Open the door. Come on. Open it! Yeah, yeah, you're okay. Hi, Atlanta. Hello. Atlanta. That's right, although no one calls us that anymore. You know, we're the Hollywood of the South now. That's right. Everybody, you guys got a ton of production now. Absolutely. Have you ever worked on a project in this area? I have. I shot a movie there two, two and a half years ago. Uh, uh, two and a half summers ago, a little a little Robin Williams movie called Merry Frigging Christmas that um, fortunately didn't, uh, didn't, uh, didn't do too well, didn't come out too good, but it was one of Robin Williams' last movies, and I had a great time. Well, we'll be happy People to... People were the best. Yes, thank you so much. We'll be happy to have you back uh, the next time you're on hiatus from The Blacklist. Do you guys ever get worried yeah. about the body count on your show? My goodness. It keeps going up, doesn't it? Yes, it does. It keeps going up just... Just you wait till um, Thursday night. Just you wait. And I hear that you are going to figure prominently in the... Uh... Everything has to go wrong in order for everything to kind of get right again. So we'll see how, if and how we can get there. And Aram has been tasked more than just uh, uh, searches on a computer this time. <laughs> I don't know if you can tell us, and I know that we don't want to spoil anything for the audience, but as we got to the end of the before the fall finale, I picked up a hint that there might have been your character might have had something for Samar when you found out about that that search she asked you to do and what you learned was was I right? Oh, disappointment is like the the tip of it. I, Aram was devastated, but you know, uh, you know, I, you know, a lot of people were talking about that episode. I, I, it, it didn't affect how Aram did his job. Uh, it, it just um, uh, the worst part of uh, you know of Aram finding out about uh, Wrestler and Samar, uh, besides getting those image out of his mind uh, and being let down and realizing that he had been you know pursuing a girl that is seemingly is not into him. Uh, the worst part is that she lied, and uh, and then we find out after that she had been lying to the task force, and that we really weren't as tight of a unit as we thought we were, and um, 
And also, you know, the other worst part is she put him in a, an impossible position. She asked him to lie for her, but she was lying to him. So a lie plus a lie does not equal the truth. So uh, he was kind of in an impossible situation. He hated having to do what he had to did. Uh, he never, you know, but also, you know, at the same time, Aram, you know, really believed he was doing the right thing when he heard, you know, she said uh, at that time in that phone call before she, you know, you know, Aram believed as much as he could of her. She said, uh, Liz called, uh, Red is missing. That was in 308. So to that, Aram's like, oh boy, that's a red flag. If, if, if Red is missing, that Liz doesn't have her protector, wrestler's asking for the search. Uh, he's got to, we've got to bring her in because going back to episode five, when there were assassins all over the place and wrestler told both Samar and Aram, you know, we got to do a better job to bring her in to protect her because every day she's out there is a day we could lose her. And now she doesn't have red with her. This is going back to 308. Uh, we got to bring her in. So I think Aram's misstep was not saying to wrestler, Hey, you need to talk to Samar about this or Samar saying, look, I, I, you got to talk to wrestler about this. this. This situation is bigger than who slept with who and who's asking who to keep with secrets from who. This is, this is Liz's life. And we've all have different ideas of how to keep her safe. So. So that's probably Aram's misstep, uh, is not sort of like getting everyone to talk. Uh, but he's, uh, you know, everybody has blinders on, and he was trying to do his best, just like Wrestler was and just like Samara was. How much fun is it to work on this program? Oh, it's, you know, it's a dream. You know, especially, you know, as an actor, you, you know, it's job to job, uh, you know, you, you, you move, you work with different co-stars, and so I've always wanted to be but a good series where I have a family. And, you know, now we've been working together. You know, we're in our third season. Uh, and so we have a shorthand for each other. And that's just not, the, that's not just the actors. That's what the directors, the producers, uh, the camera operators, the hair and makeup department, the prop department. So uh, that's everything because it, 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 it's very special. You know, so many times you'll do a project and you get attached or you just sort of realize, oh, this, you can go even deeper, go even further, and then the project's over. Here, we just keep going. <laughs> we keep going. Uh, so it's more like a, a marathon where you have to kind of take care of yourself, take care of your family, take care of each other, uh, and see how, uh, how long and far we can, can take this thing. It's great also, and then also to be able to work on something as quality as the Blacklist where it's fun, uh, I get to ha- be a little funny sometimes, we, you know, we all do, um, but it's high-stakes drama, it's juicy network TV, it's a page, just when you think something's going to happen, it happens before the next commercial break, and there's 15 more twists that are around the corner, and then, you know, when I get those episodes, when we finish an episode, uh, the next time we get an episode, uh, the next time we get a script, I should say, you know, I'm turning those pages as fast as I can. I can't wait to see. I was like, where are we going to go? Where are we going to go? Whoa! And then I start unpacking it and preparing the work for that, uh, for that week. Um, so it's fun. It's also, and it's also fun to be, you know, a part of something that is uh, sort of in popular culture's uh, uh, engine, mystery. What's going to happen? What are we going to do? What are we going to see? What are we going to find? So it's, it's fun to participate that, uh, in something like that. But and no and it has here. to be especially gratifying for you as an actor that your character has really emerged as as a favorite of, of so many of us fans. Oh, thanks. Uh, uh, that means a lot. Uh, I'm luck- I'm, uh, first and foremost, I'm, I'm happy to have a job. <laughs> Second, I'm happy to, uh, my character is alive. If, if people like the character, that is a 
huge bonus. But you know, I think you know, I think there's sort of I think every character is on the show for a reason and has has, has a huge amount of fans uh, for each of them. Um, but yes, whenever I hear somebody loves a Rom or is rooting for a Rom, it, it you know he feels like a family member. You know, I, I and then when they're mad at a Rom, I, I feel like uh, they're mad at me. It's so funny. I take it personally because I care about him so much. Um, I think about him. I, I, I think about his subconscious, what he would do. You know, Aram is certainly. Um, I'm feeling for Aram, sort of the after effects of what went down in 308, and I'm worried for him. And you know, even though he wasn't directly involved, he was indirectly. You know, Samar got fired because she, uh, because wrestler uncovered that she tipped off uh, Tom and Keen when they were meeting, and it turns out she had been lying the whole time. But even the fact that Aram was, you know, had any involvement in that messy triangle and her firing, Aram is killing himself. Uh, and I feel that pinch. I feel that. Which has been exciting in some ways to play as an actor because it's adding new dimensions for wrestler Samar and Aram and, and for the show. Um, besides kind of the usual, I've located them, I'm worried about everyone's safety. It's kind of going deeper than that. And that that's exciting. And I hope that continues. Not that Aram does, makes mistakes, but that... Uh, that we have more drama and more layers and stuff and more angles to play. I mean, how exciting is it, and what is it like when you all sit down as a cast for a table read, especially working with the incredible James Spader? You know, they don't. We don't really do table reads. Uh, those stop right after the beginning. There's no time. Uh, the show is so big, and there are so many moving parts and so many locations and so many characters, including you know, huge lists of guest stars and co-stars that uh, getting everyone in one place is counterintuitive when there's so much to get done for, uh, for a table read. So we don't really do table reads, so we get them on, and I, you know, sometimes I'll see James every, you know, whenever my character will see him, or unless uh, scenes are jutted together and we're passing, but, you know, I, I, I don't often get to see Ryan, because Aram and Tom don't have, really don't have any scenes together. So it's fun when we do get to see each other. You know, I'm usually just seeing the task force and the post office and the, bat, <laughs> the, 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 the front of a computer screen is what I'm looking at most of the time. What is uh, the one thing you want uh, us to watch for on Thursday night to pay attention to? everything and every detail, uh, even, even lines that might seem inconsequential. But really, uh, for me, for personal, pay attention to Aram's intentions, <laughs> what he's, and uh, the challenges that have been piling up uh, for him, both from 308 and especially in 309. Aram is, in 309, uh, Aram is placed in a situation that he hasn't been in in the entire series especially around the whole, the whole group has. And it was by far and away, in my opinion, the most challenging and, ho- and I think most rewarding episode as an actor I've worked on uh, on the series as a whole. So just uh, enjoy it. Keep an eye out on the, on the, uh, on the challenges and the, uh, and the new, and the new uh, elements that you see for all the characters, especially for Aram. I don't know. That was sort of a general answer, but I don't want to give anything away. Just enjoy it. You know, just don't look for anything. Just watch it like a piece of entertainment. And we will definitely, yes, we'll be watching Amir. What's going to happen with Samar and Tom and Harold and Charlene? There's so many questions to be answered. Anyway, thank you, Candice. The Blacklist, something I DVR because I am totally into scandal, but that's also Thursday nights at 9 on NBC. Perspectives is a half hour we produce with you in mind. If there's something you think we ought to be talking about, let me hear from you. Tweet me, condo 29 on Twitter, or leave a message on our Facebook page. We do appreciate your listening and hope you'll be back 
next week at this same time as we examine another perspective.